everybody and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. Conversations with creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers and dreamers who also happen to be surfers. My name's Imi Barno and I'm your host. I love this episode. I got to have a chat with Tupi Cabrera, an iconic longboarder from Puerto Rico, who's been entertaining a love story with longboarding since the 90s. In fact, about a year and a half ago, he launched Longboardarian, a personal brand and online business to promote longboarding around the world. He's just started a podcast, and as a fellow podcaster, I thought it would be nice to find out more about his story. In our episode, Tupi shares his personal story, we get to find out what it is to own a surf shop in Puerto Rico, and then move to the USA and live in a landlocked city for over seven years. We talk about his podcast, and I pick his brains about how he's working on building his personal online business, Longboardarian. What's really interesting is Tupi's pioneering and innovating spirit, and he's also a walking longboard encyclopedia and is a really fun guy to talk to. So please welcome Tupi Cabrera, founder of Longboardarian. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Tupi, and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. How are you? I am doing great. Super stoked to be sitting down with you and uh, having technology get us together, you being in France and me being in Ventura, California. I'm, this is I'm super amazing. Stoked. This is so Incredible. This is crazy. This is great. So um, before we start, uh, maybe you could introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. Um, my name is... Tupi Cabrera, and I am originally from Puerto Rico, a little island in the Caribbean. Um, I've been surfing since the 80s. Uh, I started as a kid with a bodyboard, and I transitioned into longboarding, um, maybe when I was 18, 19 years old. Um, as I grew up, uh, you know, into adulthood, uh, I wanted uh, to do my I wanted to live from surfing in one way or another so I've always been involved in the surfing industry and um yeah uh, I started a surf shop in 1996 I believe in the town of Fajardo Puerto Rico which is in the east coast of the island and uh my dream was to live in Aguadilla Puerto Rico which is on the west side where the waves are way more consistent and they're awesome. So I was able to transition my surf shop to the west side. And uh, I did some changes because there were some other shops there. I didn't want to compete with them directly. They were my friends. Um, so I, I, I created a concept, which was a surf shop slash coffee house. And the surf shop part was how you say it was dedicated to longboarding that was my surf shop niche was longboarding so it's puerto rico's it was puerto rico's first longboard shop sort of sort of speak and yeah and then uh you know uh i sold that business in 2006 i believe and i transitioned into e-commerce where Mm -hmm. uh, i remained within the surfing industry and i offered um, surfing lessons and um, surf rentals and so on and so on through my website, uh, which was called Playa Brava Surf Underground.com, which doesn't exist anymore. 
Anyways, long story short, I am now in Ventura, California. I married seven years ago with a lovely, lovely, lovely woman. Um, and destiny brought us to California and, and now, yeah. And now I'm doing longboardarian and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all about, uh, my passion about longboarding and, and that's what I'm doing, Amy. All right. That's fantastic. And so, um, could you tell us a bit uh, about the Puerto Rican, um, longboarding scene, what it's like? Um, I've been told there's a new crew of classic type longboarders, which is very exciting for me. Um, some younger, a younger crew of, of, of longboarders that believe in the single fin type longboarding, or they're two plus oneers also, but um, they're younger and they're interested in, in that art of, of surfing, which is longboarding. So that's, yeah, it's yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's yeah. really exciting. Yes, I, I've definitely noticed that longboarding, you know, 10 years ago was very not the thing to do. And now it's like all the rage and it's very fashionable and it's all, there's a lot of marketing around longboarding at the moment. I don't know if it's the same in America. I feel, I feel like it's a reflection everywhere. Like, uh, you know, I, my passion is longboarding. I'm a, I'm a longboarding nerd. So I ask people <laughs> from all over the world that I've met recently in California and throughout the last uh, decade um, about their current status of longboarding in, in their country. And now living in California, you know, I talk with a lot of uh, old school longboarders, uh, new school longboarders, and I try and get a feeling of, of, of longboarding history. And I, I feel like California is one of the only places that when longboarding died worldwide, there was a small pocket of longboarders that remained longboarding. And that, that was mostly in Southern California and a little bit in Central California. But in the rest of the world, it was dead. You know, Brazil was dead. Um, I don't know about Australia. I'm pretty sure it, it, it's a reflection. It, you know, it's probably mirrors what happened in, 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 in California. Puerto Rico was dead. Hawaii was dead until the 90s um, and so on and so on. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, that's really interesting. And do you think that um, the endless summer had an effect on your desire to be a longboarder? Endless summer? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Endless summer. Oh, my God. Yes. Because at that point, it was the summer of 88, I believe. I was a bodyboarder, teenage bodyboarder. And I saw Endless Summer on cable TV and it was an immediate hook. I saw, I saw these, these guys, you know, Robert August. I think the other guy was Mike Hinson, um, walking the board and nose riding. And it just was an immediate impact. I was like, Oh my God, I want to do that, you know? <laughs> and at that particular point, I hadn't ever seen a longboard with my, you know, with my own eyes, you know, in Puerto Rico. So I was like, how in the heck am I going to get a longboard? You know, how am I going to longboard? <laughs> so, yeah. And um, so one day I went to a surf shop. It was a very popular surf shop that used, uh, used to be called Loca Ola. And you know, like all surf shops, it had just short boards and body boards, but they had one board made by a famous shaper called Ben Ipa. And Ben Ipa made this model called the Sting. And the Sting had a fuller nose. So it wasn't a pointy nose per se. It was kind of like an egg 
slightly, slightly pointy, not as round as an egg. Um, and I was like, okay, that's going to be my longboard. So <laughs> that was, that was like a, it was literally a, a fun board. It was like a six, eight uh -huh. with just no. So I just said, okay, I'm going to get it. So I got it. Yeah. After three <laughs> or four months of saving my money, yeah. uh, I got that board and that was my start in, in longboarding. That's fantastic. That's really, that's a really cool story. And, um, and so, okay, so you got this, you have this surf shop in, in, in Puerto Rico, and then you turn yeah. it into a, an online business. That's really avant-garde for the time. Like, it was a pretty um, futuristic yeah. thing to believe in. How did that work out? Thank you. I, I believe I actually started the website for Playa Brava before I sold it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I made the change uh, when I sold it to make it, that's why when I added the word underground, underground right. on the, on the, on the name. So it was before it was Playa Brava, uh, longboards and coffee house. <laughs> I sold I sold the business and it became Playa Brava surf underground. Yeah. I think it was, it was, was the word that you used van, Vanguard? Avant-garde. Yeah. Avant-garde, avant-garde. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. You know, uh, honestly, especially for Puerto Rico. You know, I, I, I was one of the, I was one or the second person giving surfing lessons in Puerto Rico. Really? Uh, yeah, I started in the late '90s, and the actual, the actual um, initiative of having a website offering surf lessons uh, to the world. I, I, I probably was the first and second also. So exactly. yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really, pretty cool. Yeah. That was very cool. And so yeah. um, uh, in one in one moment in the in your bio, when you uh, sent me your sort of details, um, you mentioned that you were sort of surf, a part-time surf bum. Uh, what does that mean? Did you live in a van or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I didn't live in a van, but I'll tell you the truth. I worked really, really hard uh, for 10 years. Um, when I started my surf shop in Fajardo, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was maybe 10 to 12 hour days, seven days a week. And then when I moved the shop to the west side of the island, to Aguadilla, it, it wasn't 12, 10 to 12 anymore. It was more like 12 to 14 hours oh a day, yeah. seven days a week. Um, and that the business of food is really tough. Yeah. So, you know, it took a toll. Um once I sold it, I was so burnt out. I was so lucky, by the way, that I was able to sell it. Mm -hmm. um, I was so burnt out emotionally, physically, that I became a surf, a part-time surf bum pretty much to celebrate life. Yeah. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like the shackles of, the, of that business broke and I felt freedom and my surfing, you know, was just the way to to recuperate from everything, and I took full advantage of it. Yeah. You know, I had a little a little nest of of money from the sale, and I was lucky enough that I was house sitting uh, in Aguadilla, so I didn't need to have a surf mm -hmm. band. Mm -hmm. I was house sitting a house that was located next to my local surf spot. It was an insane house. <laughs> Um, and, and I took full advantage, you know, and, so cool. and, and after two years I realized, shit, I got to start working because my <laughs> nest, my nest is starting to evaporate. So, um, 
I mean, I was I was already working uh, part time as as a uh, as an entrepreneur, right? I had that website, the Playa Brava Surf Underground, but I needed to make a little bit more money, so uh, I did take a job and worked on the Playa Brava Surf Underground at the same time, and kept on surfing. So yeah, right. Well, that's really cool. That actually, so so really, um, surfing helped you sort of transition from a kind of dark a dark place to a pr- kind of happy place. Um, that's the kind of thing that sort of kept you afloat. Oh yeah, and even even when I was working, you know, twelve, fourteen hours, I would within that time frame, I would take an hour here, an hour there, just to be able to to get therapy. Because yeah. you know, those who are listening to your podcast know that life is tough, mm-hmm. and when you have a business or you have a or you work a lot, you know. You need some therapy time. You need some some fun time. So thir- surfing always was there for me. It was my it was my uh, temple of, of of happiness and so on. And and yeah, it helped me with stress and 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 just you know just having fun. Yeah. You know, which is so important yeah. in life, having that balance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, for a moment, you lived in in landlocked cities for about seven years. What did um? What did did, it, yeah. yeah. What did it feel like when you when you found out that you were going to move to Ventura, California? Well, you know, I'll be, I'll tell you tr- I'll tell you the truth. Uh, when my wife told me, Tupi, I have a job opportunity in Ventura, California." My eyes opened up big time, <laughs> but I didn't know 100% what Ventura was like in regards to the surf spots and so on. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't totally educated on Ventura, so I immediately went to Google, and <laughs> immediately I realized, holy shit, this is <laughs> this is the place I want to be in California because many of the surf spots that I had seen in the 90s in magazines and videos were in Ventura County. <laughs> so I was so excited and it was still not official that she was going to get the job. She had to do an interview first. Um, I turned, I, I lit up candles and I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I prayed to the gods, please make this happen because that was, that was also right in the time when I started Lombardarian. Mm-hmm. I was in South Lake Tahoe, which is landlocked. It's a right. beautiful place, but it's five hours away from the ocean, four to five hours away. Um, that's where I started Lombardarian. And I knew that if she got the job in Ventura, it would um, help tremendously in the growth of my new project, Lombardarian. So uh, I knew it was not only a good move for us because she also enjoys the ocean and she serves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good for 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 my business yeah, so, yeah absolutely so so could you um tell us in a few words what longboardarian is longboardarian is an idea and an initiative that that um i started a year and a half ago uh while being in, in south lake tahoe i noticed you know with the advent of social media um i noticed there was like a an empty space there was like a void in regards to the longboarding, longboard surfing, longboard culture, the longboarding lifestyle, you know, and I and, and I noticed that void, and I said I wanna I wanna fill that void mm. by covering the longboarding culture and the long and, and all of the above that I mentioned. Um, so 
I started it in South Lake Tahoe, and what I am doing is I'm covering the longboarding world with a focus in California because now I live in Ventura, and I am doing it so through social media, um, YouTube, my own website, and I just released yesterday, by the way, my podcast, Yay. the Longboarding Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited, and it's all about covering the longboarding world. You know, I'm interviewing key people that uh, one way or another have contributed to to the sport, to the lifestyle, to the art of longboard surfing. This is awesome. So um, I've, I've had the chance of sort of being a follower for quite a while, um, at least a year or so, and seeing um, seeing the evolution and you actually get to interview some long, longboarders and you also go on the, the events, which is really exciting. Um, what do you, what, what's your favorite part of Longboardarian? Well, uh, the, my favorite part of Lombardarian, Lombardarian is interacting with all these characters and personalities that make make our our culture of longboard yeah. surfing. Um, it's it, because I feel like we all share the same passion, pretty much. You know, um, I realize that there are some that don't have the same approach to, let's say, longboard surfing. Uh, nevertheless, we share the same passion mm. and going to all these events and meeting, uh, all these characters and personalities is just very fulfilling. So yeah, uh, it's like, I'm on ecstasy when, when <laughs> I'm in ecstasy, when I'm, when I'm, uh, <laughs> surrounded by great longboarders and, and, and people that, um, share my passion yeah. yeah so what's the demographics of uh, longboarders in uh, for example in your in california so i frequent my local home break there's a lot of classic longboarders it's very impressive in comparison to other parts of the world a lot of single finners i want to say that the young generation are really embracing that classic longboarding style in California. Yeah. It's rare that you see uh, a young or a medium aged or middle aged, let's say like myself, uh, on a two plus one board, two yeah. plus one being a, a board with three fins, right? Mm -hmm. um, so California is very much into the classic longboarding which is fantastic. I yeah. think it's a very, very stylistic style of surfing and um, a lot of a lot of young kids. And it, the, the, like you say, the the um, it, it's all it's all how you say in English, uh, all aboard the all across the board in yeah. ages yeah. and genders. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's very, very big longboarding community in southern southern california central but that's really impressive actually to see that there are some new generations of of kids because before the longboarding used to be associated with people that were too old to you know get <laughs> to exactly. get up properly and they couldn't pop exactly. up and so they just needed a they bigger couldn't catch waves yeah. with a smaller board so they weren't a lot yeah that's definitely true but it's that now... was the reality everywhere yeah, that, but, that was the, that was the reputation. That was know? the rep exactly. Or exactly. this or the stereotype, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. but that's but, changed. Yeah, and it's an it's lovely to see also the grace of longboarding compared to the competitive surfing, for example. Now, I'm not trying to judge anything, but there's something about longboarding that really sorts. Of, how do you say? Um, 
it just follows the energy of the wave and it's very mellow yeah. and there's something just so relaxing about watching longboarders and also longboarding yourself like there's something yeah. very very soothing 100 i agree with you i mean i like i like shortboarding good shortboarding is awesome and even longboarders that take a different approach instead of being as classical or aesthetic they go a little bit more progressive i i enjoy mm -hmm. that also but um I agree 100% with you. The graceful style of longboarding is very soothing. It's it's very visually pleasing. I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah, mm. that's that's why I'm a longboarder. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So so for longboardarian, um, what's what's the business model? Have, is that your main job, or have you got? A, is this a side hustle, a sort of passion project? Well, it's, it started as a side hustle slash hobby. I do, I'm, I'm orchestrating this so eventually we can start producing an income because I would like for it to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, I'm in a marriage and it's important in marriages to contribute to, to the financial part of, of the marriage, right? Um, so... Down the road, my long-term uh, plan is uh, to be able to sell product through my website, um, through my videos on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, get through the podcast, get fans that like my brand, like what I'm doing, and be able to support my project, Longboardarian, through buying shirts, hats, um, other items that uh, are going to be longboard-themed or surfing-themed. And hopefully also getting sponsorships, you know, yeah. down the road. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build the brand in a way where uh, companies w will want to support it and, 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 and be uh, connected one way or another with my, with my brand. Yeah, because there's so many things. Once you've created the content, uh, there's so many things you can actually do with it. Like, you know, you've got the podcast, you've got the YouTube videos, you've got... Um, you can organize events, you can, you know, really, there is no limit to what you can actually achieve once you've got a, a an online brand and you've, um, you've got a solid base of followers and, and, and you're influencing exactly. people. So, so yeah, exactly. uh, the, the business model of influencing is quite, it's quite interesting and it's very, very useful today to have uh, the whole internet to support it too. 100%. And I'd like to add that to accomplish that goal that we're talking about, you know, the internet also comes so in handy in getting educated. Yes. In getting educated on how to accomplish those goals. So um, I'm on a daily basis listening to podcasts like yours. Um, yours is a little bit more of an entertainment value slash education because mm -hmm. you do interview people that, that um, are involved in business within their lifestyle mm -hmm. but then there's those podcasts that go uh, that are more direct to the grain of business right so mm -hmm. I, I listen to for example you know people like pat flynn or sue b simmerman or others um that that uh, um that talk about business you know yeah. and, and the in and outs the logistics the uh, strategies on on different uh, subjects in regards to business. So, um, those that you know, internet is so powerful. Um, another guy who's really, really interesting to to follow on a podcast I'm curious, is uh, I'm curious. Uh, Gary V. Have you heard of him, Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary, Gary V. is my fuel. He's like my, <laughs> you know, 
he doesn't ed- he's not he doesn't educate me as much as others like Pat Flynn. What he is is my caffeine. Yeah. So when 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 I need a little bit of a kick in my butt in getting <laughs> shit done, I'll go to Gary V, listen to him, get all riled up and <laughs> and learn a little bit because yeah. I can always get some value, some educational value of his uh of his content. But I love Gary Vee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love him too, but sometimes he gets a bit sort of annoying. But he is he is a really good, uh, um, he's got some amazing knowledge and amazing stories to tell. And, and he's proven them too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting yeah. to listen to, to him. He's, he's fuel. He's yeah. fuel. He's fuel for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So, so what would be your bedside books at the moment um, for growing your brand? Uh, well, Gary Vee. Now... Um, <laughs> I'm 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 going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to what's the word I'm looking here I'm going to confess I'm not a great reader so I did buy a Gary Vee book um and I do download literature from the internet to read so um I like a lot of Sue B Zimmerman she's a lady from Boston um she she specializes mostly in Instagram I've downloaded a few of her literature. Um, Pat Flynn. Mm-hmm. Pat Flynn. I love Pat Flynn. I download a lot of his literature that's connected to the uh, podcasting tutorials that I did through through his nice. programs. Um, but the rest, I pretty much do um, YouTube. I yeah. YouTube a lot. And uh, also I've used uh, an app called Udemy. Mm-hmm. That that is available in 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 cyberspace, and they do uh, tutorial c- courses that are excellent. So I found many courses there that they average ten dollars for a full course. You know that they are sometimes six, eight, twelve hour long courses. So I do a lot of that. Excellent, yeah. excellent. So so on your website now, you have do, do you have have you already started to monetize your your business on on online, or is it still sort of um, starting. It's, it's still on diaper face. Um, I need to work on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I still need to work on it. I have a, a an e-commerce uh, website through uh, Shopify. And um, I've been a little bit lazy in that regards, but I'm also juggling many things, you know, so I've, I've been juggling the startup of the podcast, the website. I'm also, I have a I'm working for one of the oldest surf shops in the world called Ventura Surf Shop as a, as a little sideline. So I do their, I do most of their so, their social media marketing. So that's a way to do a little bit of money on the side. Um, I've been, uh, I'm a house husband also, so I have responsibilities in the house. I also started recently um, being a reseller on eBay. So right. I've been very, very much into flipping, what they call flipping. Something that that um, Gary V uh, actually motivates uh, me and 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 others to do. Uh, I also had an online store before Lombardarian that I'm fading out, so I can put all my all my energy into uh, into Lombardarian. So yeah, I've been juggling all of that stuff at the same time. So that's that's yeah. really interesting, but it's very impressive because you get so much work done. Um, I can I can totally relate, and having several web 
you know um, websites and the podcast to start it's a huge job so just so people know that it's a massive job to to, to start yeah um, yeah and getting it yeah. off the ground is quite complicated but yeah it's overwhelming, it's overwhelming it sometimes. You, you have to learn so many new things <laughs> yes, you know exactly. so yeah, yeah yeah anyway um that was that's really interesting information about how you how you use your time in in developing um in fact Last week I had a word that um, one of my guests was talking about flexing all your skills. And this sort of project and this sort of business really does require you to flex all your skills, your social media, your sales, your development, your writing skill, you know, everything is involved. And that's that's really, really um, very fulfilling, um, I find. I don't know if you've got yeah. the same sort of feeling. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, you know... I'm lucky enough that I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. And yeah. I think if, if you have any type of mission, job, uh, project, whatever you want to call it, that you are in love with, you know, every, every single time you accomplish a little, accomplish a little step, that's so fulfilling. That yeah. feels so good. So I've had so many little steps that I've had to accomplish to make it to where I'm at now. And, and, and it's just, I, I'm just so stoked. I'm so happy. Yeah. So, yeah. How, so, um, in reality, how, how often do you get to go surfing? <laughs> I'm so lucky that I get to surf. I want to say when there's good waves every single day. Oh my God. I live, wow. I live, I live within minutes from C street. That's mm -hmm. my local, my local break. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to say I take a break from surfing when the waves are not good. So yeah. I'm a very, very lucky man. Sometimes <laughs> my wife gets jealous. Um, so sometimes I try not to talk about it too much or, you know, she follows me on social, on social media. So she knows when I'm having some fun and so on. <laughs> and then again, I try to balance it all out. You know, sometimes I know that I can, you know, I need to surf just this limited amount of time here so I can do work here and work here, surf <laughs> a little bit more, do help my house husband responsibilities. Mm. And in my opinion, life is about balance. So yeah. thank God I get to surf a lot, but I try, if I surf too much, it does not feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand. know if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I need always to have some balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i guess we could get to the um so just one last question about longboardarian so how do you actually approach the people that you interview um how do you get hold of them do you sort of go and interview them on the car park or or in the water or how does that work out well you know uh, i've been all my i've done eight interviews i just started this this uh podcast i have eight completed interviews and I've done all of my interviews in person. Right. Because I have the benefit and the privilege to live in Ventura. Living in Ventura, there's so many personalities that are super involved in the longboarding culture. So it's easy for me to drive 10 minutes to interview one of these characters or drive two hours south to interview another person. Or I've had people that have stayed with me because mm -hmm. they, for example, I had uh, Piccolo Clemente from Peru, two times world champion, um, Maria Fernanda Reyes, uh, one of Peruvia, Peru's best longboarders, 
um, oh, wow. stay with me when they come for contests. They stay with me. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by longboarding icons mm-hmm. and it's easy for me to, to approach them, say, hey, can we make a, 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 an appointment? I'll go visit you in your house or at the beach, you know, uh, at the coffee shop and, and we do the interviews. That's- now, soon, soon I want to do what you're doing, which is interviews via, via Skype or, or any other internet um, alternative because I want to interview people from Australia mm-hmm. and from New Zealand and from Europe because – my project is is worldwide, you know. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's that's um that's really interesting. Um, the podcast. Tell us about the podcast. I'm really interested to know what what it's all about. How long it te- how long the every podcast is and. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. One hundred percent. Um, my first four episodes are, um, all of my episodes are people that are important characters, personalities of the longboarding community. So I have shapers, surfers, female and male. My first four episodes, we have William Blinky Hubina. He's one of California's oldest active shapers, Mm -hmm. probably right now, maybe the second or third oldest. He's 75 years old, been shaping since 1963. He has been shaping since the times when the only thing that existed were longboards. And he saw the whole transition from longboard into the downsizing of boards. And then he saw the comeback of long longboards and he's lived it through all, you know? So he's a, a very interesting uh, interview. Um, the second episode, for example, is Vince Felix, one of California's most respected longboarders and very respected also as a head judge and by the way he's right now um, organizing a very very elite longboarding event that's going to happen here in ventura in march so uh you and and Mm -hmm. people that might follow longboardarian that are listening to this uh you will see some content in regards to that event i also have uh, a very important episode is my first female episode you know of, of 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 a female and it's Carla Roland Zamora one of my favorite longboarders um an incredibly technical stylistic mm-hmm. surfer and she started longboarding before longboarding was popular and before women surfing was really as popular as it is now mm-hmm. so she's from she's from Malibu and the last uh that to mention is Phil Rashman a two-time Brazilian world champ Really good interview, really cool dude. They're all cool. Go check it out. It's the Lombardarian podcast. Right now it's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on my website, thelombardarian.com, and it's going to be hopefully very soon on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Excellent. That's that's really cool. Um, and yeah. it's a really cool subject to have your niche and to have um, – well, I yeah. guess um, – we're getting to the end of the interview, and thank cool. you ever so much for being such a really cool guest. Um, I just have a, a few phrases that I last I ask my guests to finish. Um, okay. So the first the first sentence is "I love life." <laughs> I miss my people, my food, hmm. my family. Oh, that's lovely. That's sweet. I um I wish. I wish to keep growing 
and to be able to contribute to my circle, to my circle of people. Cool. Very cool. And the last one is I want. Hmm. I want. I want to be happy and I want to contribute to others, people's well-being. Fantastic. That's, yeah. that's really, really, really cool. Um, yeah. So the plans for the next few, what are, the plan, what are your plans for the next few months um, in terms of Longbordarian? Um, what's the next steps? Well, my next steps is to keep uh, getting educated uh, so I can uh, maximize my effectiveness as a social media presence, mm-hmm. uh, as a brand awareness um, I need to make my brand successful because yep. I, I want it to be sustainable. Um, so education is very important. Like I mentioned earlier, the website is very important. That's in the top priority right now. Uh, keep doing what I'm doing with the podcast and covering uh, longboard, the longboarding world through my social media platforms. Um, I'm organizing a longboarding event Uh, for next October Um, so I gotta focus and dedicate some time to that to make that happen Uh, and um, that's 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 what I'm gonna do for Lombardarian for now yeah that's Uh, that's really impressive because there's a lot of work behind that (laughs) especially organizing events and everything it's uh, a yeah it is it's a lot of work yes a ton of work yes ma'am yeah well, good luck so, for that. That's really, really interesting and, and um, impressive. And I just love what you do. Your, your interviews are so, they're so um, stimulating and they're enchanting just to see the, the whole sort of um, longboarding um, population. It's just lovely. Um, so yeah, hopefully you can you can export this concept all over the world and we can hear you on your podcast, Longboard, Longboardarian, right? That's the Longboardarian podcast. The yeah. Longboardarian podcast. Okay. And so... talking, talking, talking about podcasts, sorry to interrupt <laughs> you, Amy. I also have enjoyed your podcast oh, quite cool. a bit. There's been a few of your episodes that I've been able to to appreciate and enjoy. In particular, there was that episode that you interviewed someone that writes for, I believe, The Inertia. Yes, Simon Short. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that that episode. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. So good and job. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And um, just I wish you all the best of... of um, uh, the the best for your podcast and for your website. And um, if you would like to recap how to get hold of you, your Instagram account, YouTube channels, just give us a recap. This is the, the moment. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, please, uh, if you're interested in longboard surfing, you're interested in my project, check me out uh, Longboardarian on Instagram. And that's like Longboardarian, like vegetarian, librarian. <laughs> it's like Longboardarian. Um, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, I'm on my website, uh, longboardarian.com, and now the, the, the Longboardarian podcast, which should be on iTunes by the end of this week, mm-hmm. so by the, by, by the end of February for sure, um, and uh, what else? Uh, am I missing something? I think not. I think that's where I'm at. I'm open to listen to constructive feedback, feedback mm-hmm. in general, um, so yeah, I hope, I hope you guys are interested in, in, in some longboarding content, and uh, <laughs> So, yeah. This is so yeah. cool. Well, thank you very much, Tupi. You've been a fantastic guest. And Gracias. I, Gracias. Yeah, de nada, de nada. Mucho gusto. And um, okay. have, a, have a, great, um, a great time developing Longboardarian. And I wish you 
best of luck. Same to you, to your family. Un big abrazo, big hug. Gracias. And, uh, <laughs> au revoir. Merci. Au revoir. Okay. Aussi. See, see Ciao. Okay, hablamos. Ciao. Well, that was a great chat and I really love the way Tupi is never giving up on educating himself and investing time into creating a passive income and also enlightening people's smartphones with interesting longboarding stories. There's a lot of knowledge in the episode and you'll find links to the resources in the show notes on your podcasting app or on theoceanriderspodcast.com. To connect with Tupi online, check out longboardarian.com, where you can find his podcast, apparel, and links to his Instagram account. In fact, he's really active on Instagram and well worth a follow. Just check out Longboardarian. The Ocean Riders podcast is a non-profit operation, so if you like what you hear, um, instead of donating or anything, you can just say thanks by leaving a review or some stars on iTunes or on your podcasting app. You can comment on Instagram, like and share on Facebook and tell your friends to spread the word. I'd be so stoked. You can also continue the conversation by connecting to one of my social accounts and my Facebook group, The Ocean Riders Community. You can also find pictures of Tupi on the article I wrote on medium.com. All these links can be found via my website, theoceanriderspodcast.com or on Linktree, it's www.linktr.ee slash theoceanriderspodcast. Thank you ever so much for listening and thank you, Tupi, for being such a kind guest and I really wish you all the best with your new podcast. Until next week, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao. <laughs>